Hello, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Crash, The Geek Show. This is episode 264, recorded on Monday the 13th of May 2019. The time at the beginning of the show is 9.26 and 28 seconds. I said I was going to record this at 9, but I had last minute polishing up of the notes to do. But now I think I'm ready. And let me just tell you a bit about today's, tonight's, I mean, very special episode. Oh, and at the moment it is warm, the room is dark, the night is still, almost as if we're in the aftermath of... We'll get to that later in the show. And about the background of this episode, yeah... I know I said that this would not become a Game of Thrones podcast, and I've been good. The show started a year before my podcast started, and I haven't covered it regularly, apart from a few special episodes. But now, in the final season, and when there is only one episode left, I'm caught up in the excitement, and I don't want to not talk about it anymore, so I'm talking about it. Today, I'll do a recapitulation of what brought us to this point, and then I'll talk about the latest penultimate episode, and that is something to look forward to. Then, next week... (laughs) No, I'm not actually sobbing. I'll talk about the finale. And when I've done that, I'll have finished talking about Game of Thrones, and we can all get on with our lives. I should tell you at the onset, although this is a long episode, long for me, that is, it won't be as detailed as other podcasts, truly dedicated to Game of Thrones, but I don't want to be left out, because I don't know that there's ever going to be another show that really unites both geekdom and non-geekdom alike. If there is still such a distinction. Some of this podcast uses material sourced from Crash episode 258, so there will be a little repetition. A few things are out of sequence to make the flow easier to understand, and there are going to be many, many spoilers. If it wasn't for my slightly dodgy stomach, I would be cracking open a cider. I have one chilled in the fridge. But instead, I have a nice cool glass of Sprite. And now, I'm going in. Before we talk about each episode, let me give you a background about the show. Game of Thrones is a home box office, which has the well-known acronym HBO show. It is a fantasy TV show. It started in 2011 and ends next week. 
Every time I say that, I get this little twinge. It is based on genre author George R.R. Martin's series of fantasy novels, starting with A Song of Ice and Fire. The show has, however, for a while now, overtaken the events in subsequent novels. According to Martin, it is based on the bloody War of the Roses fought for the Crown of England by the ruling House of Lancaster and the challenging House of York in medieval England between 1455 and 1485. The TV show was co-created by showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss who also do some of the writing and directing, but this is a big, big project, so others, like writers Brian Cogman and Dave Hill, and directors Miguel Sapochnik and David Nutter are brought in as well. The incredible earwormy title music that I sometimes hum. I was doing that earlier tonight as I did some supermarket shopping, pushing my trolley around, going dum Yeah, where were we? That music is composed by Ramin Jawadi. Let's talk some money. Each episode costs between... Six and fifteen million dollars US, fifteen million dollars US in the latest season, and it earns about one billion dollars per year through HBO subscriptions. Although it is filmed globally in many locations. It is mostly filmed in Northern Ireland and, according to the government there, brought in $224 million from an initial government investment of $18 million. Viewing figures. The viewing figures have never fallen below $2 million per episode at the beginning and has steadily rose to over 11 million this season. And that's not even taking into account piracy, which could make those figures much, much higher. It's a monster, and the viewing figures are a lot higher than other big shows like The Walking Dead. What of the cast? Game of Thrones has an ensemble cast which is huge. It features some famous faces, like Charles Dance, for example, but also many who are far less well-known. Although they are the odd figure from pop-cultural history, people like Wilco Collins, and some cast members like Maisie Williams, who plays Arya, and Isaac Hampstead Wright, who plays Bran, grew up on the show. Maisie Williams was 14 when the show started. The main cast have amazing salaries and will never have to work again, though I'm sure, given what the show has done for their careers, 
many will choose to continue acting. Some of the main actors, for example, Amelia Clark and Kit Harrington and others, are the best paid and can earn about half a million dollars per episode. Not really the highest salaries in screen history, but really quite large. Now let's move on to an overview of the plot of the entire show. Game of Thrones is about the political intrigue and fight for the Iron Throne of the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros and Essos. Along with a power struggle, we have the additional draw of sex, violence, and the occasional fantasy elements of dragons, magic, and general weirdness. For example, Bran inheriting Professor X-like superpowers from Max von Sydow, when he becomes a mystic seer known as the Three-Eyed Raven, or as embodied in Arya, an assassin trained by a death god-worshipping cult of ritual hitmen. Let's move on to the end of Season 7 that sets up Season 8. The final episode of Season 7 was Episode 7 entitled The Dragon and the Wolf. In that episode, Daenerys Targaryen's huge army surrounds King's Landing in a massive show of power. After demonstrating a White Walker, Daenerys and Jon Snow negotiate an alliance against the Night King and his undead army with Cersei, but Cersei Lannister's cooperation is only a ruse, and she has sent Euron Greyjoy on a secret mission to hire the elite Golden Company of Mercenaries in Essos to double-cross the Alliance. Theon makes peace with Jon Snow, then sets off to rescue his sister Yara from Euron. At Winterfell, Sansa and Arya kill Littlefinger for his constant betrayals. Samuel Tarly and Bran Stark work out that Jon is actually the legitimate son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark. The set-piece season finale is Daenerys Targaryen's dragon Viserion, killed and reanimated by the Night King, and then used to break through the wall, signalling the invasion of the dead and the last war. And then we come to Season 8, the premiere, Episode 1, entitled Winterfell. Euron has returned with the Golden Company to King's Landing. Kyburn tells Bronn that Cersei has instructed him to go north and kill Tyrion and Jaime with Joffrey's crossbow, if war with the Night King doesn't kill them first. Theon rescues his sister Yara from Euron. Yara goes back to reclaim the Iron Isles, which, should Daenerys suffer defeat in the war, will provide refuge. Theon then returns to Winterfell to join the Starks. 
north near the wall. The Night King has left a grisly circle of severed limbs. As, I suppose, a signal of what is to come should the army of the dead win. I.e. the impending apocalypse. At Winterfell, Tyrion looks disturbed when Sansa tells him that Cersei will betray them. Samuel Tarly finds out that Daenerys incinerated his father and brother. At the end, Samuel Tarly reveals to Jon that Jon's real name is Egon Targaryen, son of Rhaegar Targaryen and Lyanna Stark, heir to the Iron Throne of the Seven Kingdoms. And then we get to Season 8, Episode 2, A Knight of the Seven Kingdoms. Jamie Lannister reveals Cersei's plot and joins the zombie fighters at Winterfell. Tyrion is told off by Daenerys for being foolish enough to believe his sister. Theon arrives at Winterfell. Bran wants to use himself as bait because he has been marked on the arm by the Night King. He plans to wait by the Godswood tree with Theon. Marked on the arm by the Night King? That sounds a bit Harry Potter-ish. Like the way Voldemort and Harry have a link. Sorry, I'm going into telling you what I thought of the show before actually telling you what happens. Well, there's a lot to talk about. I'd better get on with it. Where were we? Yes, Bran is going to use himself as bait. Gendry gives Arya the weapon she designed and he forged. Then they spend the night together. Tyrion, Jaime, Brienne, Podrick, Davos and Tormund chat and spend the night in the company of their friends. Because who knows who will survive after tonight. Jamie knights Brienne, which is something she says she doesn't want, but she obviously always wanted. It's a touching moment. Sam gives Jorah Mormont the House Tarly Valerian Steel Sword, Heartsbane. John tells Daenerys that he is a Targaryen with a prior claim to the Iron Throne that he doesn't actually want, and the zombies approach. I should tell you at this point, I've noticed in my show notes that in episode 258 I was calling the Iron Throne the Iron Throne of Westeros, but I have learned that it is actually the Iron Throne of everything, or at least the two continents of Westeros and Essos, the Seven Kingdoms, I've learned quite a lot. I've become more than just a casual audience member of the show, particularly in the last two weeks. So yeah, you are getting a slightly more accurate picture of Game of Thrones than you would have got if you just listened to 258. And apologies to people who listened to 258 and were probably tearing out their hair saying, Oh, you got that wrong, you got this wrong, you got that wrong. You're right, I probably did. And now let's move on to 
Season 8, Episode 3, The Long Night. And before I do that, I need some 7-Up. Oh. And no, I'm not being sponsored by the makers of 7-Up. Okay, I'm ready now. Season 8, Episode 3, The Long Night. The Dothraki, then the Unsullied, are decimated in the zombie attack. Melisandre appears and uses the power of the Lord of Light to light the oil moat around Winterfell, preventing an immediate all-out massacre. John and Daenerys attack with dragons. The zombies break through. We find out that the Night King is fireproof, which is a bit of a downer. Jorah dies defending Daenerys. The Night King attacks the Godswood, and Theon dies defending Bran. Arya appears from nowhere like a ninja, and leaps on the Night King, killing him with her Valerian steel dagger. Because, as we all know by now, only a few things kill the zombies. Fire, Valerian steel, and dragonglass obsidian. The Night King and his zombie army, okay, okay. The White Walkers, or the Whites. Whatever. All fall down. They fall to bits. They fall apart. Now that the Night King has died. And the battle is over and our friends are victorious. Season 8, Episode 4, The Last of the Starks. The fighters mourn and burn the dead. Daenerys makes Gandry Lord of Storm's End. But later, Arya turns down Gandry's marriage proposal. That got me in the chest a little. Jamie and Brienne spend the night together, but Jamie later leaves her for King's Landing, going back to Cersei. Daenerys tells Jon not to reveal his heritage because it will lead to a conflict for the Iron Throne, even if Jon, as he says constantly, doesn't actually want it. Bronn appears right out of the blue on his mission from Cersei to assassinate Jaime and Tyrion, but instead leaves them alive in exchange for Highgarden, which is another one of these noble estates. Jon tells Sansa and Arya about his heritage. Oh, John. Arya joins the Hound on the road to King's Landing. The Wildlings return north with Ghost. And Ghost is the direwolf, the big white wolf that used to belong to John. Which is a pity, because he's a fairly cute puppy. Is it a he? Now I'm not quite sure. Doesn't matter. It's a cute dog. Alright, enough about the doggy. Daenerys' fleet heads for King's Landing. 
Euron Greyjoy's fleet armed with Kyburn's Ballista, the giant crossbow things, attack and kill one of the last two dragons, Rhaegal. In a final parley with Tyrion, Cersei has Missande killed. Missande, Daenerys's handmaiden, I suppose, and Grey Worm's girlfriend. Grey Worm, understandably, is devastated. And then we come to the latest episode, Season 8, Episode 5, The Bells, which I watched earlier today, and is extremely exciting. In fact, I might watch it again after doing this podcast. It's drama all the way. Varys is executed by Daenerys using her last surviving dragon, Drogon, Dracarys indeed, when Tyrion tells her that Varys approached Jon about assuming the crown. Tyrion asks Daenerys not to massacre the city if they surrender, Jamie is captured and Tyrion frees him, telling him to take Cersei, escape and start afresh somewhere new. The attack goes ahead. Daenerys destroys Euron's fleet by moving faster than the ballista can move, then breaks through the city gates, incinerates the Golden Company of Essos and any other enemy troops she can see. The city signals surrender by ringing the bell tower, which Daenerys ignores as she goes on a murder rampage. The Hound and Arya head for the Red Keep, but at the last moment, Sandor Clegane, aka the Hound, tells her that this is her last chance to give up vengeance on Cersei, unless she wants to join him in death as he takes his own vengeance on his brother Gregor, the Mountain Clegane. Arya does something rather unexpected and does leave, and we don't see her again until the end. The Hound intercepts Cersei, Kyburn, and the Mountain, trying to escape. The Mountain finally disobeys Cersei and kills Kyburn in his eagerness to fight his brother. The two brothers fight one another and then, after a very bloody hand-to-hand close-quarters combat, the Hound pushes the both of them from the building into the fires burning down below. At the beach, Jamie confronts Euron and kills him, but suffers mortal wounds. He finds Cersei, but their escape is blocked, and they are buried as the structures above collapse. After several near misses as Daenerys wrecks King's Landing, Arya escapes on a white horse. It's a poetic and beautiful end to the episode. And now, what did I think of Season 8 generally, and the show as a whole, 
And episode 5 in particular, well, it has been a spectacular ride. Massive battles, a huge cast of extras, the sheer scale man, the dragons. I thought Euron's ballista-equipped armada was very impressive. Well, at least until the end. And in that last episode 5, that dragon is like a giant magnifying glass of the gods, the way it flash burns the enemy troops like ants. It burns them like ants. Ants. <laughs> I'm holding my fist like a supervillain. <laughs> All I need is a gauntlet around my hand. And the dialogue. Okay. There are sections that are very dialogue heavy throughout the entire span of the many seasons. While some people like this, I never have, as I'm an old school sword and sorcery aficionado. Sure, Tolkien does a little of this, but Tolkien's an exception, like the exception I make for some country musicians like Johnny Cash. With the exception of Tolkien, I have a strong predilection for tight dialogue and fast-paced action. Pathos. I'll allow the huge amount of hugging and sentimentality in episodes 1 and 2 of the current season, as people reunite with old friends, some of whom are on opposite sides now, and it also works in an obvious meta way as well, because it feels like we, the audience, are also saying our farewells. This is especially the case given how sudden, unexpected deaths are a feature of the show. I totally ship Gendry and Arya. Oh, I actually said ship. <laughs> I've finally done it. <laughs> that is really a good word in this particular case. It is a mistake if she doesn't return to him if she survives. I'm really too into this, aren't I? Liana Mormont, played by Bella Ramsey, was awesome and heartbreaking in episode 3, like a character from one of the late great David Gemmell's bloody fantasy novels, and I'm still thinking about it a week later, more than a week later now. Awesome. Brienne's story arc in episode 4 is heart-wrenching, Though I'm glad to see her character developing and not stuck in the role of a one-dimensional Terminator lady. A bit like Captain Phasma. What else did I think? Magic! There's more with dragons later in the series and now, especially towards the end, which is good because this show sometimes feels like 
too much a purely historical drama, like a mashup of The War of the Roses and Borgia Court Intrigue. I would have liked more magic over the course of the series, and certain things particularly bugged me, like the flaming swords, because it just looked like they'd stuck some kind of blowtorch to the hilts of the swords. And I'm more of the Tolkien glowing blue swords-like. Frodo's orc-slaying dagger sting. And the characters. Let's talk about the characters. By the penultimate episode, I think Tyrion is a fool. It's just one mistake after another, and his belief that people are basically good. I've changed my mind about favouring him as the next ruler, because he's so, so mistaken. I've also changed my mind about Jon Snow slash Egon Targaryen, who is just plain stupid. Loose lips sink ships, John. You do not have the luxury of honesty as a politician. You just have to live with bottling things up. And Daenerys. Oh, Daenerys. So much promise. And now we see she is immature. She says she wants to be loved. Boo-hoo-hoo. She is a leader and that job comes with loneliness. And the way some of the characters who we have supported turn out to have feet of clay. Expectations of the audience? Subverted. Rug under feet? Pulled. At this stage, I would put Arya on the throne. She listens to reason and actually has a kind heart buried within the body of a killer for the faceless god. And the verdict. The final season, season 8 of Game of Thrones, is very, very, very exciting. So much so that I've been podcasting more than I said I would. And that is even despite the murkiness of episode 3. Again, as I said in episode 258 of Crash, I seem to have written a lot about a show I said I would talk less about. Personally speaking, this is unmissable TV. Appreciate it while it lasts. Only one episode left. And that is it. That's a recap of season 8, of the show as a whole, and of the penultimate episode. One episode left. One episode left. Oh. I will be talking about that last episode. I guarantee it. And that is it. Time for another sip of drink. And, oh, an immense amount of editing. The show that you are listening to is produced, presented, and edited by me, Roy Martha, a writer and a terrible, terrible geek.
Martha is spelt M-A-T-H-U-R. You can find more about me or get in touch at RoyMartha.com. For further reading, there's a link to the show notes in the description of this episode. If you want to help, please review and rate the show on whatever platform you listen and recommend it to a friend. You were listening to Crash, the Geeky UK podcast, episode... 264, recorded on Monday the 13th of May 2019, and the time at the end of the show is 11 minutes past 10 and 32 seconds in the evening. Thanks for listening, and bye-bye for now. Bye.